When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can listen to us on Sirius XM 80, all the great stations across the country, ESPN app, and hello to everyone on ESPN 2, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Thursday night football last night, you heard it, Steelers Radio Network. They do it again. They do it again. They win 20-16 to over the Tennessee Titans. They're outrushed, outpassed in every game, basically. They never produce offensively, and they still win games. They're 5-3. and three. Mike Tomlin is just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The Steelers are one of two teams in the National Football League that have a negative point differential and have a winning record. The <laughs> other team, the Cincinnati Bengals, and they got a dude under center that's named Joe Burrow. Right. Probably the top two quarterback in the National Football League. And the way that he's played the last three weeks, he might not be number two. The Steelers have Kenny Pickett as their quarterback. And last night, I couldn't help but re- look at it, the game, and I'm saying, Will Levis, the quarterback for the Titans, who's in his second career start, Looked better than Kenny Pickett. Felt like he had more command than Kenny Pickett. Operated the offense at a higher level than Kenny Pickett, even though he doesn't have the same level of supporting cast. It is astounding the fact that Mike Tomlin can find ways to muck up a game like nobody's business, keep it close in the fourth quarter, and come up with game-winning drives, even though his offense is much maligned. Shout-out to Al Michaels. Nobody's just maligned. It's always much maligned. But with a much maligned offense, find ways to move the ball down the field and get the game-winning score. I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. Kenny Pickett didn't get all the way in the way of the Steelers' success last night, but I thought that game had much more to do with Mike Tomlin and being able to outline a path to victory that everybody could could follow as opposed to anything that Kenny Pickett or Matt Canada did last night. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday with Bruce Bochy and the Rangers, right? Coaching matters. Yeah. And when we make our picks, oftentimes we'll look at a matchup or we'll look at the quarterbacks and we'll say, okay, Kenny Pickett is not better than X or we don't think the Steelers should be able to beat X. But we say on this show, we're not going to pick the opposition because we don't want to pick against Mike Tomlin. Nope. The fact that he has the Steelers at 5-3 and three right now is remarkable. It's, it's another great coaching job by Tomlin this season. Let's be clear on one thing, ladies and gentlemen out there. Let's, from now on, we should have been doing this forever. Us as a show, we have been doing this, so I'll give us credit on this. What a surprise. We'll pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> a Barry Horowitz, old school jobber wrestler style where we go like this to himself on the TV side. Let's start with Mike Tomlin. When we're talking about the best coaches in football, it's not over Belichick or Andy Reid historically, but let's just start with Mike Tomlin. When we're talking about the coaches that you would give up a first or a second round pick for in a hypothetical coaching trade, let's start with Mike Tomlin. When we're talking about guys that open doors for other people, let's start with Mike Tomlin. When we're talking about some of the best coaches in all of sports or managers at any level, college or pro, let's start with Mike Tomlin. Let's not get to Mike Tomlin after we mention Nick Saban or after we mention Bill Belichick or Andy Reid. Let's just start there. Because what he 
he continues to do every single year is absolutely remarkable. There is not a coach in this sport that has the resume that he has. He has never had a losing season in his entire career. And this is not a guy that's that's coached for two seasons. He's coached for almost 20, 20 This guy is one of the best coaches in all of sports at any level. Let's start with him because he is never out of it at any point ever. And he deserves the flowers. No doubt about it. And the sign of a well-coached team is how you start the game, how you close out halves. Look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers did last night. They win the coin toss. They take the football. Now, that's counterintuitive because the strength of the team is the defensive side of the ball. But he wanted to set a tone for what that game was going to be like, especially on a short week. And you're talking about them marching the length of the field, double-digit play drive, and it ends up resulting in a touchdown. They set the tone up front with the offensive line. Their first-round draft pick, Broderick Jones, did a great job at right tackle last night, and they ran right behind him. Najee Harris with the touchdown run that was showing on ESPN2. But you see how they started the game. They started both halves and how they ended the game, how they ended the half. Their ability to be able to excel in situational football, I think, is one of the catalysts for why this team is a couple of games over 500 now that we're at the midway point. I mean, last night, they showed the ability to be able to capitalize a couple of touchdowns in the red zone. They were 6-12 to on third downs. And even though they didn't have huge point, to- I mean, huge yardage totals, they were able to make the requisite plays that it takes in order to take control of that game in the fourth quarter. Now, the penalties got to get cleaned up. Like last night, it it felt like a penalty fest every time Will Levis was targeting DeAndre Hopkins, whether it was pass interference, defensive holding, illegal contact. Those are things that got to get fixed. But to find a way to be able to win a football game, even when you do have those types of miscues, is a credit to the head coach making sure that no matter what situation pops up in the game, his team is prepared for it. Last night, it felt like Pittsburgh was the more prepared team. And when you talk to players who played for Tomlin, I mean, you know this, CC. they all love to play for him. You, you've always talked about how you feel when you go out on the field and you know that your quarterback can win you a game. I imagine it's similar for guys knowing that Mike Tomlin is their coach, that he's going to find a way. He always gets everyone to believe that they can find a way to do it, and they usually do. Another thing about Mike Tomlin is that there's never any drama. You never hear about any any drama or any issues really coming out of Pittsburgh. Like when the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell stuff happened outside of Pittsburgh, you realize just how much Mike Tomlin kept in house. And I guess now that Josh McDaniels is out of Vegas and we're talking about other coach coaching changes that could be happening. I wonder why, Mike Tomlin assistants or like a coaching tree for Mike Tomlin isn't the same as it is with like a Bill Belichick or when Sean McVay is the hottest new coach. We're trying to pluck every person that's ever had any sort of proximity to him to be a head coach elsewhere. Why don't we do the same thing with Mike Tomlin? Yeah, I think that's a deeper question. I think his uh, his assistants, how do I say this properly? Just uh, say it. I, I think just had, say it. I, yeah, I mean, had, you just you talked about how he leaves the door, like he opens the door for so many minority coaching candidates, yeah. and yet we have this issue league wide when it comes to minority hiring. But I will say this about Mike Tomlin: he has a unique ability to feel the heartbeat of the game. You know, unlike most coaches in the National Football League, and, and being able to have your pulse not only on your team but on the game. It lends itself to being able to figure out exactly what needs to happen in any given time and space, given the score of the game, in order for your team to have success. Like you talked about, you know, the confidence factor, like having a a top-tier quarterback, an elite quarterback, having that same type of 
swag, that same type of bravado because you know your coach is Mike Tomlin, he's going to find a way. I, I think it speaks volumes for this team that they can actually go out there and do that even though they have such suspect quarterback play. And let's be clear about one thing. Kenny Pickett, it's starting to, it's starting to, the bloom is starting to come off the rose a little bit. I, I mean, I get that they're winning games, but it feels like they're winning games in spite of their quarterback play. And that's really how it was at the end of the Ben Roethlisberger era. But again, you have to attribute that sustained success to being able to have a really good head coach. They've done it a lot of different ways since 2006 when Mike Tomlin took the starting, uh, took the head coaching job. They've done it through defense. They've done it through having a prolific offense, a passing attack where Ben Roethlisberger is throwing the ball for 5,000 yards. They've done it a lot of different ways. And so I think having the ability to morph your scheme, morph your game plan according to the personnel that you have on your team is a mark of a good coach. I say this all the time. Think players first, then plays. It's clear and obvious in Pittsburgh that is Mike Tomlin's approach. And even at the outset of last night's game, rather than putting the strength of his team on the field, which was the defense, he went with the offense to establish a tone because that's what his team needed. Awesome first that's drive. what his team needed on a short week. And they never score on their first drive, and they did last night, which, is, again, is a credit to Tomlin. One other thing from that game, because there was another game last night that may have stolen the show a little bit in sports. I, I, I don't want to go too crazy here, okay? But I think I'm in on Will Lovis. I like, I like what I'm seeing from this guy. He makes good play after good play. He makes smart plays. He stands in the pocket and is willing to take hits. I was impressed with this guy. I got the feeling last night I was watching a player that knew what he was doing at that position and could be the quarterback now there for games and years to come. Ryan Tannehill is done in Tennessee. I think we know that, barring any kind of injury to Levis, but I know it's a tiny sample size. It's two games, but I was impressed. Uh, Obviously, we were impressed last night with one other guy. Five games into his career, Victor Wembanyama had a game last night against the Phoenix Suns where he scored 38 points and he outscored the Suns in the final 415 by himself. (laughs) By himself, he's averaging 20 points per game over the course of his first five games. And Nuno, our producer, asked us a question, is he already a superstar? Now, I don't know how we define superstar, but the question is out there, is he already a superstar? I'm going to say yes because he's must-see TV. You know, we like Deion Sanders already had a body of work and he was already a celebrity, but he turned Colorado into a superstar program for a huge portion of the season because it was must see TV and it was the hottest place to be. Victor Wambanyama has already in this early, early small sample size portion of his career become must see TV. We always want to make sure and have it on when he's playing and he's giving you electric performances. So I say, yeah, I think he's already a superstar. Yeah, he's already a superstar. He's already a superstar, and one of the marks of really great players across any sport is being at your best when your best is required. His competitive greatness, and it shows up in the fourth quarter, right? The guy plays eight and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. He drops 10, and he's plus five. Uh, and uh, and so I, I just look at the situation with Webb and Yama. This is a team in the Spurs that everybody said is not going to be very good in the way of wins and losses. Well, I can't tell with them playing against teams like the Phoenix Suns. I I said this coming in this morning to Evan. I said, man, the Phoenix Suns are going to be real contenders if they could ever beat the Spurs. That's where we're at with Wemby. Where do you think we'd say that? And you you heard what Kevin Durant said postgame. I think that's telling when you have your peers, elite players, acknowledge how good you are and your impact. He says – Wemby is different than any player we've ever seen in the NBA. And there are going to be a lot of comparisons to current players, to historic greats, but but nobody 
has the skill set, the size, the ability that Webinyama has. He is one of one, and he's going to create his own lane. This is Kevin Durant talking about a rookie that's five games into his career. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's the kind of respect that this dude commands. It's more than hype. It's actually translating to his team being in position to have success. It's translating to his teammates being the best versions of themselves. That's how effective Victor Webinyama is. And I, I, I'm sorry to say, I got to say this. I'm here for the seven five guy pulling up in transition like he's a shooting guard. I'm here for it. Like I, I'm seeing a guy this size do things that a man that size shouldn't be able to do. Three of six it, from behind. It the is arc. incredible to watch. I mean, think about it. Like in pick and roll situations, they just lob it into him because nobody can jump as high as he can. And once he gets the ball on a deep catch in the paint, nobody's stopping that dude. He can face up when he's in the post. He can be a knockdown shooter. He can shoot off the dribble. There's nothing that he can, can't can do on a basketball court. And he's just scratching the surface. He's the second youngest player to have a 35-plus point game and 10 rebounds in, in NBA history. Like, this is a very special talent. And I got to say this, I'm not going to sell the Spurs short on them potentially making a run at being a playoff team. I'm not going to do it because this dude is that good. Their number before the season, I want to say, was 29 and a half in terms of over-under. I think everybody, if they got that number right now, would bet the over. I think that's pretty clear with what we've seen from that team so far. So the Steelers win last night. Are they a legit playoff contender? Well, that could be impacted by the Bills and the Bengals this weekend. Is it a must-win for both teams? But first, CeCe has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, the Steelers rocked the world last night with their win. Five and three. (laughs) 
The AFC North right now. You got the Ravens six and two, the Steelers five and three, the Browns four and three, and the Bengals are four and three with a huge game this weekend against the Buffalo Bills Sunday Night Football. I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, and you could be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. The two things for you guys to weigh in on early on here, is Mike Tomlin number one? Is he the best coach in the NFL? Are we putting him above Andy Reid? Are we putting him above, if you want to still put Belichick up there, and that's more historical, obviously, than right, right now, of course, but is Mike Tomlin number one, and is Victor Wembanyama already a superstar? Is he a star? Would be we know his name. He's famous. A superstar is you dropped thirty eight points in game five yeah. of your career against the Suns last night. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. So that AFC North I mentioned there, guys, and how competitive it is. And now you look this weekend. You've got Cincy. You've got Buffalo going at it. Is this as crazy as this may sound a must-win for both teams this weekend? It feels like it, especially with what happened last night with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looking at what Mike Tomlin's going to do with his team and looking at their remaining schedule, there's no way they don't get to nine wins. It's probably more like ten. So if you're thinking that the Steelers are going to take one of those wild cards, you're thinking that uh, the Buffalo – I mean, you're thinking that Miami is going to be a playoff team potentially winning a division. If you think that Baltimore is going to be a playoff team, uh, I mean, it, it's starting to feel like if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, this is a game that you have to have if you want to be in the postseason, right? That's, that's kind of what it's going to shape up to. you got to think that the two teams in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, are going to find a way to be able to get into the postseason. So it's a matter of – trying to figure out a path to get to the tournament. If you're Cincy and you have no margin for error, and we knew that it was going to be that way for them the rest of the way once they started 1-3. and three. Now, yeah. to their credit, they've been able to respond. They've reeled off three straight, and they've looked really impressive doing so. Joe Burrow is finally fully healthy, and you saw that against the Niners. He started taking off using his legs, not only to extend the down to throw the football, but actually using his legs to convert for first downs. I think this offense is going to try to kick it up into another gear but they don't have any room for mistakes. This game feels like a must-win game, especially in the division that the Bengals play in, more so than the Buffalo Bills. But I do agree, Ev, that both teams now need to have a heightened sense of urgency. Both teams do have a sense of urgency, but which one do you think needs it more? That's when I was reading about this game last night and looking at some of these matchups, I kept trying to, to answer that question. Which team needs this more? Because on the surface, you would want to say the Cincinnati Bengals because of the hole they put themselves in and the division that they play in. But I have less faith in the Buffalo Bills down the stretch than I do the Cincinnati Bengals. So it almost feels like they would need this game more. I would agree with you on that because I also would project like – who could totally fall apart? Who yeah. could become the hot mess? Who's the Paris Hilton walking into the club with two earrings and walking out with one earring and one shoe? That's just a good time, Evan. Right. Well, but you also <laughs> you also walk out as a hot mess, right? Do you not? If you have if you leave the club with one earring and one shoe, and you go in with two earrings and two shoes, something know. happened. As a clumsy girl, maybe she fell. Maybe the heel broke. Okay. Know? Well, but still, you're you're, you're leaving in a way that is is a little bit of a hot mess. I can't see the Bengals becoming a hot mess. Like I see them, even if they lose, sticking together on this. The Bills have that hot mess kind of feel to them that something could go wrong. But without holding any of us to this blind number, we're going to throw out there. What's the number that we think in the AFC? I can't talk about a team making the playoffs unless they hit X amount of wins. Nine wins. Nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So could you see? So right now, Cincinnati Buffalo's is four. Getting Buffalo's, nine, Buffalo's going to get to nine wins. So they're in the conversation. They're going to get to nine wins. Yeah. Cincinnati getting five more in their remaining. What are they? Four and three. That's seven. So ten games. So they got to be five hundred. Yeah, the five hundred with the toughest schedule remaining in the NFL. I mean, it's it's not as if it's not doable. They can do it because of how special Joe Burrow is. But I also have to look at the division that they play in. Yeah, they play in the AFC North, and right now they're over in that division, and every team is over five hundred. So good luck with that. I mean, again, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning last night <laughs> might have been the worst outcome for the Bengals. I mean, if the Steelers drop two in a row at home to Jacksonville and Tennessee, then maybe you feel better about your situation today. But right now, Cincinnati's in the cellar of the division looking up at everybody else, which is why they have less margin for error than any of the other teams in the AFC that are wild card contenders. So, I mean, both teams want to win this game because it's not as if the Bills don't have anything at stake. They're still competing with the Miami Dolphins for the division. They've got a head-to-head win over the Dolphins. And, oh, by the way, the Dolphins are going to get a pissed-off Kansas City team out in Germany. So, there's an opportunity for Buffalo to take control of the AFC East in their playoff fate this weekend. That's why it's a big game for them. But it's also a prove-it game in a lot of regards for Josh Allen. And that's the part that we want to see. Can Josh Allen head-to-head against Joe Burrow, who we've acknowledged is a top-two quarterback in the NFL, can he be the reason why his team comes out on the winning side of one of those games? Can he be? that? Like That's the one thing. We know the history of this team. We know what happened the last time they tangled in Cincinnati and you know DeMar Hamlin and all the emotions that came out of that. I, I, I'm not sure how much that impacts this potential matchup, but what I will say is this. This is a huge game in terms of proving something to yourselves for the Buffalo Bills. For the Cincinnati Bengals, quite simply, their playoffs have already already started. they got to find a way to get a win. The crazy thing is if Buffalo loses and then the Jets beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football here on ESPN, Buffalo drops to third place in the AFC East. Wow. Not, not in the AFC, in the AFC East with a loss and the Jets win. Uh, Rick in Ohio joining us in the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, watching on ESPN2. What's up, Rick? Hey, morning, guys. Listen, it's got to be Andy Reid's the best coach. I mean, you know, Tomlin hasn't done anything what last eight or ten years, and Andy Reid's been doing it strong then, and he was strong back in Philly. But I do have another question. Why are the Bengals underdogs? I don't understand that at all at home. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right. Thank you for the call. Let's A couple of things on that. First of all, let's not say Mike Tomlin hasn't done anything. He just hasn't won as many Super Bowls as Andy Reid over the last decade. Mike Tomlin's level of talent at the quarterback position specifically, is not even close to that of Andy Reid's. And Mike Tomlin is still finishing the year with a winning record every single year. And in terms of the favorites, ESPN bet, uh, of course, is where we go for that. And we're looking at this, and the Bengals are two-point favorites at home, is what I have. So why they're not underdogs. So there, there's your answer to that question, obviously. Uh, Clyde in Nashville, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Clyde? Hey, good morning, everybody. First of all, love the show. Thank you. Second of all, good morning from the Music City. And if you guys don't care, use your platform. See if you can lobby to get us an NFL team in Nashville. We would love to have one. Um, third, wow. uh, I've got to go with Andy wow. Reid. Wow. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wow. Wait a second. Wow. Wait a second. Wait a second. You don't have a, a re, like a renewed sense of a little bit of hope with watching Will Levis over the first couple of games here? I, I will tell you, I am impressed with Will Levitt. Uh, outside of the one year at Kentucky, I really wasn't impressed with him, and I thought we wasted some picks to get him. 
I, no, he there there is some hope there, especially coming off of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think any of us yeah. are saying he's going to beat uh, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. It's just you watch him. And you could see, CC a little bit more hope than what you had with Ryan Tannehill. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, the part, the drive that impressed me the most was the end of the first half when the guy makes two big boy throws to get him a field goal right as time expires. I mean, he hits the receiver down the seam, and then he hits Phillips on the seven cut. Boom, bam, you're talking about them being in field goal range. So I just think that command, that poise, the way he operated the offense, being at the line of scrimmage, calling out the blitzers and, and being able to slide the protections, being able to have adjustments, having answers in real time, that's the most impressive part. Being able to get the operation in and out of the huddle, the little things, the mechanics of being able to operate the offense, like he had full command of those things, more so than Kenny Pickett. That's why I said he outplayed Kenny Pickett, even though Pickett got the win last night. I'll say this, even though the Titans didn't get the outcome that they were we're hoping for in Pittsburgh. The game we saw last night was a win-win for both teams. I agree. I could not agree more. Like I, I don't understand that previous call. I don't. I understand if you want to rank Andy Reid ahead of Tomlin. That part I understand. The idea that a Titans fan today would not sit there and say, "Maybe we got something here." No, it's not a maybe, and you shouldn't see Ryan Tannehill in a Titans uniform Ever. for the rest of his career. No. Ever I, again. There's I, no reason. I will give him credit. There's no reason. You saw him engaged on the sidelines with Levis last night as a leader, uh, as a person that played in the NFL for a while. You give him credit on that. All right, coming up, maybe the best rivalry in football. CCL have something to say about that. Matching up this weekend. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Cowboys, Eagles. Maybe the best rivalry in the NFL. One of the best rivalries in the NFL. We'll see it this weekend. It is on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So we have kind of stumbled in on our show, and I will give the Miami Dolphins um, credit or blame for this, mm. into using the college football strength of schedule approach with some NFL teams. And we've looked at it and said, who have they beaten? How good are they? The Dolphins are the captain of that team. But to be fair, the Cowboys have been on that list, right? If you look at their wins, Giants, Jets early, Patriots, Chargers, Rams. Not exactly, you know, Murderer's Row 27 Yankees batting lineup. Nobody right? has a winning record on their list. Right. So we look at that group and we say, how good are they? Meaning the Dallas Cowboys. If they win this weekend on the road at Philly, are we sold on them? Yeah, I think we have to start taking them seriously as a contender because the Eagles are one of the teams that they're going to have to get through 
in order to get to where they want to go. It's championship or bust for Dallas. Aren't we done, Smalls, judging them by regular season success? Hell, they've had back-to-back 12-win seasons, but they've also had what we would deem early exits in the playoffs, both at the hands of the 49ers. So to me, this is a prove-it game for Dallas, and the thing that they're proving is not necessarily to the rest of the league, but they're proving it to themselves. Their best player, Michael Parsons, a couple weeks ago called the Eagles the best team in the NFL. Now, if I was a player... I probably wouldn't go out there and call a division rival the best team in the NFL, (laughs) but he said that. So now this is an opportunity for the Cowboys to prove to themselves that not only can they compete, but they can beat anybody. So if they beat the Eagles, uh, it will certainly be impressive because the Eagles are the best team in the NFC and they've gotten better week to week. It really seems like they're starting to put it all together and find that chemistry, that rhythm. And it takes time, not only when you're coming off a Super Bowl hangover, but when you have two new coordinators. We didn't expect them to look exactly like they looked at the end of last season. So it would be a really impressive win. But to your point, I'm not ready to call them contenders, even if they do beat Mm -hmm. the Eagles. I would be ready to put them in that category, depending on how they perform weeks 13 through 17. They have a stretch where they play Seattle, the Eagles again, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions. What do the Cowboys look like after that stretch as they head into the postseason? Because that's the way I'm going to view them. I'm going to view them based on what they do in the postseason. And if they can get through that that stretch of schedule with a a winning record and looking like a team that could really contend in the postseason, that's when I'm going to buy in on them, whether it's fair or not. So if they win this game on the road in the link, that doesn't change the math for you in terms of how you see the Cowboys? No, because I think that they could lose to the Giants the next week. That's fair. <laughs> you know That's what? Fair. This is what the Cowboys would do. That's it's fair. kind of the same way I feel about the Bills. At times, they look really, really good, but I just don't know if I can trust them. But if it's championship or bust, none of these games matter. Like, literally none of them. Because as long as they win enough to get into the postseason, and I'm not trying to poo-poo the game, I'm saying if we're going to have that mentality of a championship or bust team, and you just said I could see them beating the Eagles, but I could also see them losing to the Giants, I'll ask you the same question that I asked you guys about the AFC. How many wins get you into the NFC playoffs? Roughly. Uh- I would probably say nine. Nine. nine so the Cowboys have to now win four of their remaining ten games. Yeah. We think they're going to do that, right? Yeah, but it's not just about getting into the playoffs. It's about setting yourself up to have success once you get to the tournament. Yeah. And the best way to go on a deep playoff run is to have one of those games be at home. That that would be ideal. Now, I get it. The Cowboys, the last time they hosted a wild card game, didn't go so well against the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. But I will say this. I would feel a lot better about the Dallas Cowboys if the Eagles had to come through Jerry's world, if the 49ers, the Lions, had to come through Jerry's world. This is an opportunity for you to tilt the, the, the scales in your favor by being able to go head-to-head with one of the best teams in football and be a half game back from the division lead after week nine. That's a good place to be if you're Dallas. And it's not as if it's impossible because Dak Prescott has owned this division since he came in. He's 25-4 and in the NFC East since 2017. He's got 57 touchdowns to only 16 interceptions, and he's won 11 of his last 12 division games. That Dak Prescott owns the NFC East, but it's a matter of can he beat a Philadelphia Eagles team at full strength when Jalen Hurts is under center? That's what we want to see. Now that the Eagles are a perennial contender, now that we know Jalen Hurts is a quarterback that can lead a team to a Super Bowl, can Dak Prescott best that guy and that team head-to-head on the road? Because I don't see a path to victory for Dallas 
that doesn't involve Dak Prescott playing at an elite level. I just don't see it, Smalls. He's going to have to outplay Jalen Hurts. He's going to have to be a reason why the Dallas Cowboys win this football game. He can't afford to be a passenger, and Dallas expected to come out there with a win. I, I can't argue with what you're saying in terms of obviously you have a better chance at, at home than you do on the road, but, and maybe it's some recency bias, but we did just see a team in another sport go 11-0 on the road, lose their last game of the season and, and, and not win a division, lose 20 of 30 during the course of the regular season to the Texas Rangers. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. That but is what, not the same. But what I'm saying is – at any given point, if we're going to deem a team championship robust, what they do in the regular season becomes irrelevant to me. Like the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't care that they lost last week. It doesn't matter to me because I assume – and I've seen it with them. I haven't seen it with the Cowboys. That's the difference. I understand. I totally get it. My point is, could they beat the Eagles? Yes. Could they lose to the Giants the next week? Sure. Would they beat the Panthers and the Commanders probably after that? Absolutely. Do I think the Cowboys are going to get in the playoffs? Absolutely I think they're going to be in the playoffs. If they go on the run, a run in the playoffs – it becomes irrelevant what they do in the regular season. I actually believe in them probably more than most, but this is the weird thing about a team like this, Smalls. If you're saying, hey, I could see them beating the Eagles and losing to the Giants, how much does the Eagles game actually matter then, right? Because it evens itself out. A win's a win regardless of who you get it against. I think it matters to them, as CeCe said. Exactly. Especially when their measuring stick game was against the 49ers and they got worked in spectacular <laughs> fashion. So for, for them to come out and beat a team in their division on their turf, a team that has has been the big brother in the division last year, even even though Dak has owned the division, Jalen hasn't been there that long. No, exactly. You know what I mean? This is his third full season as a starter. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a, it might not be important to us because we're viewing them through the playoff lens and through the championship lens, but I think it's really important for them. And well, this is really important for Jerry Jones too, right? Because he has a consequential decision that he has to make with Dak this coming offseason. He's got to decide whether or not he's going to give Dak a $50 million a year bag based on where the top of the market is for quarterbacks. These are the types of games that Dak has to play well in and the Cowboys have to win in order for Jerry to feel good about doling out that kind of money. Now, I get it. The postseason is always an opportunity for redemption. But I think in order for this team to have the success that they're looking for, you got to have moments that you hold on to, tangible evidence that shows that you're capable of competing and beating the best in the league. A win in Philadelphia goes a long ways to doing that. Especially when he says, if this is a bear fight, pour honey on me. He's come out publicly yeah, he and said say that, that, he, that, that he wants he did, to have the fight against the, the top-tier talent. So, so, so play one, play one other thing I hope he don't out. get balled. I hope he don't I get balled by that, that damn bear. <laughs> you know, I hope his offensive line is, is shows up. He's been sacked 17 times already this season. Oh, wow, so yeah. I hope they protect him. Play out one good. other thing out here quickly on this. So they have what I would deem, let's say, six really difficult games. They've been the Cowboys the rest of the way. Okay, They have the Eagles on the road. They have the Seahawks and the Eagles at home, at the Bills, at the Dolphins, home against the Lions. Right? Let's say they actually lose five of those six games, just for argument's sake. And that puts them with, let's say, seven losses on the season. They go 10-7, and seven, but the seven losses are all to the good teams. Are we writing them off in the playoffs, or would you still give them a shot? I wouldn't feel great about them in the playoffs. I, I, I wouldn't. And, and I guess you, you kind of need proof of concept with the Cowboys. This is not a franchise that gets the benefit of the doubt because of the recent history, but also because of what we've seen over the last quarter century. You're talking about them having the fifth longest conference championship game drought. Ain't been to the <laughs> NFC Championship game in 27 years. Crazy. 27 years. So why would I have any confidence that they can go on a deep playoff run when they can't even match up against the better teams in the NFC? Some people have birthed children, raised them, put them through college, and sent them off to get married. That's, that's, that's the last how time. long it's been. That's how long it's been. That's how long it's been, Smalls. 
Coming up, how much longer do you expect the Green Bay Packers to stick with love? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. What This is Four Downs. First down. First down, Rams at Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Guys, we talked about Packers GM Brian Gutekunst saying that he's unsure up until this point about their quarterback, Jordan Love. Mark Chamora, he's the co-host of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee, talked about the Packers and how they have to figure out what they have in Jordan Love. There's no way they can go past 10 games to evaluate him. For me, the big thing is wasting time. Wasting time. We've wasted it with Joe Barry. We know he is not going to be the guy that leads them to a Super Bowl. And then wasting time with a quarterback. If we bring him back and we don't know at the end of this season, after starting 17 games, we're wasting time. We're pushing it back even farther. So Chewy puts it at 10 games. Where do, where are you guys? How long should the Packers stick with Jordan Love? I, I want to just point something out. It is amazing how many former players like Mark Chimura, like Chris Canty, and like others think exactly the same on this stuff where we, you and I, Smalls, that never played, think differently. We're like, yeah. oh, well, he's new. He's yeah. a first-time starter. Totally. Totally. And you guys, Damian Woody was sitting here yesterday. Chewy, you guys all think the same of like, stop it. Stop considering him a rookie that he's a fourth-year player that in t- through 10 games you should know. He's been in the league four years, dog. I, I know, but we been, don't think been, that he, way. He's been in the league four years. I mean, at some point, you got to have to show that you can be a competent quarterback, and Jordan Love has been hustling backwards. Now, we all know the first month of the season is extended preseason. So let's start with week four till now. He's got the second-worst QBR in all of football in front of P.J. Walker for the Cleveland Browns. And we know P.J. Walker was was a third-string quarterback at the end of training camp for Cleveland. So that's where Jordan Love is. He, quite frankly, should be further along in his career. I, I disagree from the standpoint of seeing 10 games and knowing what you got. I think you give him the remainder of the season. 
because there is no downside to it. Jordan Love is going to play the Green Bay Packers into a high draft pick and allow them to take the successor at quarterback if he proves not to be the guy. And don't you think you'd rather know 100%? I mean, Gutekunst indicated that these are really important 10 games, and I think that you'd rather know 100%, because a lot of things are surrounding him. Yeah, he needs to be better, but penalties, drop passes. There's there's a lot that's been happening. I would just rather know 100% if I'm the Packers. We gave him a whole year. We know if he's the future. Yeah, I think that what Chewy's saying is that You'll know after 10 games, but you'll give them the 17 and that they'll know one way or another. He mentioned Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, like that he's not the guy. I also think that Brian Gutenkunst, the general manager, fair or unfair, is operating under the premise of job security. He doesn't come off as a guy that is worried about like, oh, my God, if this doesn't work out, I'm out. Well, he's not, though. I mean, think about it. He's had, what, uh, three 13-win seasons, a couple of conference championships yeah. in there, a bunch of division titles. Brian Gutekunst ain't going nowhere. I think that's you a product sw- of not having an owner of a team, though. Yeah, but, I mean, you can swing and miss on one quarterback, but once he, if he does draft another quarterback at the top of 2024's draft class, then all of a sudden the clock is going to start on him. But he got the head coach right. Remember, Matt LaFleur was his hire. He's got a couple of conference championships. Uh, in there. He's got uh, three 13 win seasons. His job security is fine. His quarterback and having that settled, not so much. And so again, I, I don't think there's any downside to letting Jordan Love play the rest of the season because either he's going to get it turned around, pull out of this nosedive and show that he's he's got the kind of the moxie you're looking for to be a franchise guy, or he's going to put you in position to get your franchise guy. So it's a win-win. Second down. Commanders at Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern time. The Commanders are 3-5. and five. They're third in the NFC East. Why doesn't Ron Ver- Rivera get as much heat as he should? Oh, it's simple. Because during his tenure, he's made the playoffs. They won a division, and he put on a good face in the middle of the controversy with Daniel Snyder and the sexual harassment issues and the emails and the workplace misconduct that the Commanders have been dealing with. And, and oh, by the way, I'm doing this while I'm fighting cancer. So that that's why Ron Rivera doesn't yeah. get the smoke. We've already seen him take a team to the Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl as a player. He's all around a good guy, and that's how he's perceived in NFL circles. That's why he doesn't get the stink of what the Washington Commanders have been the last couple of years. I totally agree. I think that some coaches don't show us any personality. Other coaches show us that they come off of, in a bad way. Other coaches show us a personality and they come off in a great way. Ron Rivera is one of those guys. I also think we all kind of know the end result. There's no reason to give him smoke. We know he's gone at the end of the season. New ownership. We know he's not going to be the head coach next year. I think we just don't know who's going to be the head coach, whether it's going to be Eric Bieniemy on their offensive staff or someone else. It is four downs here on ESPN Radio and on Sportsmanlike, brought to you by Geico Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claims, service, and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to Geico. Third down. Third down. Giants at Raiders, 425 p.m. Eastern time. Which team has a brighter future, the Giants or the Raiders? This is the Giants by default because how can you trust anything that the Raiders have done? How, how can you trust it? I mean, in the last 20 years, they've had 12 HUD coaches, now 13 with AP being the interim guy. And I think they have, what, two playoff appearances during that span? So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants. And it's not because of anything that Brian Dayball or Joe Shane are showing me in year two. It's because the Raiders have been that bad. Now, I'm rooting for AP, my former teammate, to have success as the interim head coach. And based on the reports out there, Mark Davis is actually going to give him more consideration if he does a good job as opposed to the the last interim coach in Rich Passaccia. So, 
you know, I, I want them to have success out there in the desert, but I, I got to go with the New York Giants just because of the track record. The Raiders, real sus when it comes to their reputation on the streets. So you, you trust ownership more. Is that fair? Yeah, it's the Maras over the Davises, <laughs> yeah. isn't that? Maras slash Tish? Well, we're talking about Mark Davis, so that's not saying much. <laughs> but is it that kind of where yeah, we that, default, that's right? That's where we're at. I mean, I, I, I can't. quarterback I mean, is similar. Do I, trust, do I trust Giants ownership? No. But I trust Mark Davis less. Okay. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Like I said, Giants by default. Yeah, okay. I think it's well said, and I think it's also a sneaky story around the NFL. He knows this because he played there. The Giants have been a mess too the last decade. Yeah. Just not as mess. It's like they have they they're the little kid that has like four things on the ground in their room, but you could walk around to get to the bed. The Raiders, you can't even get to the bed. It's like everything's on the ground. The toys, you're stepping on Legos. Well, and yeah, they, I mean, they've after, had success more they, recently well, too. Well, yeah, they they got into the playoffs Giants a couple of times over the last year. Than people well, realize. think about it. Since Tom Coughlin, since they scapegoated Tom Coughlin. They've been a, in a cycle of hiring and firing coaches yep. every two years. Yep. Remember, it was mm-hmm. Ben McAdoo. Oh, yeah. And uh, he got fired after, in, in, what, 10, 12 games in the year Pat two? Pat Shermer. Then it was Joe Pat Judge. Shermer. Then it was Joe Judge. Now we're in year two of Brian Dable. Let's just see how it turns out. But it ain't off to a great start for the Giants. All I'm simply saying is I trust the Raiders less. Okay. That's a sad state of affairs for two flagship franchises, too. It is. Man. But it's the right it's a, answer. It's a damn shame. All right, last one. Fourth down. The inaugural NBA in-season tournament tips off tonight. Guys, how excited are you for the start of this new NBA in-season tournament? I can't wait to see the courts. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see the, the courts. Court, yeah. the, courts, the courts are good. Yeah, the court, they they cool. redid the courts, artwork, the whole deal. Here's the thing. I'm excited if the players are excited. If I see the players playing tonight like we hope they're going to play, like they're treating it like a playoff game, then, then we're in on it. They... <laughs> They better do that. They're literally putting this in so the players do it that way. Knicks and Bucks is the early game tonight on ESPN. By the way, on ESPN Radio this weekend, we got the Packers and the Rams, Giants and the Raiders, Noon Eastern, select ESPN Radio stations on uh, Sunday. Coming up, maybe the game of the year in the AFC this weekend. We'll talk about that next. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.